I'm currently recording this episode using my M1 MacBook Air. And it's weird that I'm gonna talk about the M1 MacBook Air. This is Techie Speak. Welcome to Techie Speak, an utterly techie podcast where Julian CB. That's me, speaks his mind on various tech topics for techies and non-techies alike. New episodes pop up every Saturday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's the episode. Hey guys, I just wanted to talk about Apple's own chips on the Mac, particularly the M1 MacBook Air. This whole Apple Silicon transition has been going very well, all things considering. And it's been a revelation for everyone in the PC industry. First, we got the M1 chip back in November of 2020. Three new products were launched alongside it. The M1 MacBook Air, the M1 MacBook Pro, the 13-inch, and the M1 Mac Mini. All three of them proved to be uh, good for Apple during that time. Even though there were those early issues, including uh, apps that aren't really optimized, that didn't seem to be a problem for them. Now, we hold Apple to a higher standard thanks to their own chips and the laptops. Which brings me to what just happened a few weeks ago with the new MacBook Pros with the M1 Pro and the M1 Max chip. It just builds on the foundation that they started with the M1 and basically turns it up to 11 in terms of graphics performance. Everyone was kind of focused on the notch, but that just underscores what Apple has made with the new MacBook Pros, besides giving back the ports, having this uh, new design, which is more boxy, reminds people of the old MacBook Pros. And it's amazing that Apple has been able to carry out its mission to provide the best for its users. And so this leads to a recent report, or rather, a recent earnings call from Apple for their Q4 2021 earnings. So that ranges from July to September. So they do their fiscal year differently. Basically, the chief financial officer of Apple, Luca Maestri, he attributed the record quarter for Mac because of the strong demand for the M1 MacBook Air. It's not All the M1s, it's just the M1 MacBook Air. And if I thought about it for the past few months, it's been a surprise and at the same time it's not. Although, yes, you know, you expect a lot of people to get the cheapest option. But it just so happens that the cheapest option that Apple has probably beats most laptops out there based on countless reviews that the M1 MacBook Air is really a capable machine. And so I'm here to share my personal experience with an M1 MacBook Air since I have one right here. 
and also some experiences from other people. Though I only got like one recording. I'm gonna be talking about the pros and cons they bring up when using an M1 MacBook Air. But first off, I'm going to be sharing my experience. So my general use case for having this M1 MacBook Air is mostly for writing articles for the tech blog. That's utterlytechie.com. And also browse the web, watch a lot of YouTube. Editing the podcast, I do it through this M1 MacBook Air. I mostly do my work through web browsers. I actually have two browsers open. So that's Safari and Microsoft Edge. Microsoft Edge is open for apps that are leaning towards Google-specific technology since Microsoft Edge now is run by Chromium, but not much of the Google aspect of it. So I have Microsoft Edge and Safari because it's the one that's built into the Mac and probably the most optimized browser for this kind of machine. I also do all of the Zoom calls through here. So and so far that doing that all in one laptop didn't really hinder me from doing more because the performance on this is nuts. Okay, I'm getting away from my use cases. So that's basically it. I have here some points on why what what I really love about the M1 MacBook Air. First off is its portability. For better or for worse. Yes, I see those new MacBook Pros. They look chunky. And I'm not sure if I need that much performance that I would be compelled to get another laptop (laughs) this soon. But yeah, when I saw it, it's like, okay, that's great. That's great for those who need it. But for my use, I don't really need too much power, so to speak. Because if I really wanted to, that let's say I wanted to do video editing in the future, then the M1 MacBook Air would serve me well at the beginning. And only then, when I'm going to be deep into it, where I'll be thinking of getting a MacBook Pro or whatever. But for most of what I do, it's basically perfect for me. So, and... It starts with the portability. And since it's basically sharing the same body as the previous MacBook Air I got, which was the first time that they changed to the current design of the Air. So that was 2018. So since then, uh, I got used to the size and it's really handy for me. It's light. I don't really need to overthink of what bags to use when I carry it around. So I value its portability. The one difference I think I really appreciate going to this M1 MacBook Air is the keyboard. Because, you know, the previous one, the 2018, had those butterfly switches on the keyboard. And although I was fine with it, I was never, like, uh, angry with it. For me, I feel like the return to the Magic Keyboard... Or the return to scissor switches with the Magic Keyboard on this M1 MacBook Air is the return to the Magic Keyboard on the M1 MacBook Air 
with these scissor switches. I really appreciate a lot. I type faster with this. I tried monkey type and I seem to get more consistent scores on monkey type with the magic keyboard compared to the old one. I have nothing more to say about the trackpad since it was already amazing back when I was using the 2018 MacBook Air and now it's just as just as good. I don't really have any complaints there. The other thing that really surprised me during my first days of using these of using the M1 MacBook Air is its performance. As I said, I opened two browsers, um, that's Safari and Microsoft Edge, and in my old laptop, it used to already crawl when I do that, since I need to run Microsoft Edge for Google Apps and those that run well with Chrome, and I have Safari for, let's say, watching YouTube or just all the normal stuff. And now with this M1 MacBook Air, I don't have any problems uh, looking at Safari and Microsoft Edge while doing this recording, mind you. And I even have other apps open. So it's amazing, so to speak, how much I can do with this uh, M1 MacBook Air. And it's been a joy to use. Especially that the battery doesn't run out as quick. Uh, for me, a typical use would be, as I mentioned, two browsers open. Sometimes I would have uh, Audio Hijack, so it's an app that I use to record the podcast. I would edit with Audacity. And the only time I would get it to drain is when I'm attaching it to an external display, unplugged. And even that, I didn't really think too much. Plugging it into an external display would, let's say, reduce the battery life by one or two hours when I'm unplugged. And I didn't really feel the need to plug it just to last longer. I would only need to plug it when I really have to charge a laptop, which says something about its performance but also its battery life. Because when I'm unplugged, I could basically use this laptop within a day or two if I'm fully unplugged like I could just charge it and then not think about it and then I would charge either the next day or well into day three if I could so it's amazing how much work I could do with the just an M1 MacBook Air of course uh, I think my one con while using this uh, M1 MacBook Air is yeah it's only because I'm mostly at home now but I find having two ports lacking. But when I'm just out and about, it's not really an issue for me. I only use uh, AirPods when I'm out and about using the MacBook or even wired headphones because, you know, it has a headphone jack. That's still not a problem with a Mac. So please, Apple, don't remove the headphone jack on your laptops because that would be ridiculous. So... I've said my piece about my experience, so I want to turn you over to Rome, a friend of mine who also got an M1 MacBook Air, and I asked him to talk about his thoughts on the M1 MacBook Air. So here it is. Hey, Juice. 
Uh, this is Rome. Thanks for having me in your podcast. And here are my thoughts about the M1 MacBook Air. I definitely upgraded this from the MacBook Pro 2015 and so far it's been great. I definitely love the experience of having this device and I can strongly recommend it to anyone looking for a laptop. Yes, not just a MacBook but anyone looking for a laptop. Here's a trivia. I actually sold my previous MacBook Pro for a good sum of money and just added a little money on top of it and I got my MacBook Air right now. And I definitely love it. The performance is so smooth and I definitely can recommend it to anyone looking for a laptop right now. I don't recommend getting the M1 MacBook Pro because the new MacBook Pro is just around the corner. It's better to wait for that than to get the the current MacBook Pro lineup. And I definitely can say that my experience with having this uh, MacBook is excellent. I don't have an issue with the ports generally because I just have the dongle, but I rarely use it. In my day-to-day operations in work, I just use the external mouse. I have a wireless mouse, so my workflow is not an issue. So the ports are definitely very useless to me. So in most cases, I also don't use the earphones, the headphone headphone jack, because I have an AirPods. And the experience of having an iPhone and a MacBook is excellent. So there's not much of an issue there. And definitely, I guess having the lock of ports is only the issue with the MacBook. And since that's not an issue to me, so it's definitely not something of a big deal. But for others who might generally feel it's a little uh, problematic, so just getting the dongle will solve those concerns. And with that said, I definitely and can strongly recommend getting this MacBook Air, the M1 MacBook Air, compared to any laptop out there because it's just great. Uh, I'm confident that this can last me for another five years per se and if not i can just sell it and and upgrade to the recent one so i with that said thank you juice for having me and those are my thoughts about the m1 macbook air so yeah that was rome talking about his experience with the m1 macbook air i mostly agree with what he said and with that in mind here are some pros and cons from some friends of mine who've also used the M1 MacBook Air. And here are some of their pros and cons. So first pro would be the keyboard. So according to a friend of mine, it's uh, easier for her to type with a keyboard even compared to the older MacBook Air, the one with the all silver. So the all silver models. So between 2012 to 2017, where they had that all silver uh, look. And yeah, so I agree, even compared to the old keyboard, because I've also used that model. So using that old keyboard, it was kind of finicky sometimes, but with the current M1 MacBook Air keyboard, it's uh, more stable for me as 
mentioned by almost everyone I talk to. They also appreciate the performance and the battery life. Like they could do stuff like being on a Zoom call while doing something completely different or writing notes and it wouldn't slow down. I also had that experience. So funny story. Uh I do sometimes uh Zoom calls while writing stuff and the Zoom call would be on one display, the built-in display, and the stuff that I'm writing is in the external display. Not once did it slow down. So I have my Zoom call on the built-in display, and then on the external display, I would be looking at that to write my articles. And it would not slow down, because normally when you have Zoom on your laptop, it would slow down uh the previous Intel MacBook Air, and I would have fritzing sometimes with the monitor. But now, I don't really have any problems with that. And even when you remove the... Even when you remove or attach the display with USB-C, the laptop wouldn't fritz or, like, uh, react too much. It would just remove, plug, and I'm ready to go. Most of the people I talked to also appreciated the battery life. Although, uh, there are some instances where the battery would drain faster. It's probably because it's either an app that wasn't optimized for the M1. Like, it runs through Rosetta. Which, by the way, also is amazing. Because earlier, earlier in my use of the M1 MacBook Air... The Spotify app I used wasn't optimized yet, so it was still Rosetta. And it ran perfectly fine. It It's slower when it starts, but once you keep on running it, it's, it's good. I even ran OBS one time on the M1 MacBook Air, and it works, whew, works so well. Like, I couldn't believe that it worked that well. And even apps like Discord, where it would really chug on the previous Intel MacBooks on the M1. It's really amazing how much power you can get from a thin and light laptop. Okay. For the cons, uh, one con that a developer friend of mine, his name is Arnel, he brought up app compatibility, including the time that he was... Dev- including the time that he was setting up his development tools because he's a software dev. So he was setting that up and there were some apps that didn't really work out of the box, but uh, I suspect that he did that uh, knowing that fact. But he seems contented with all the rest of the package, but it was going through the setup during those early times. And I think when the M1 transition was beginning, it was still kind of rough. Some of the apps were not really ready, including Photoshop. It took like months for them to put it out. But a year later, and it seems like uh, most of the apps that I use or some people use are on the M1 train. There may be some development tools that haven't moved or optimized for the M1 chip yet. I even saw a story that Dropbox is not supporting M1 on the 
on the, with their Mac app, which is weird because everyone else has already put out support for the M1, including Google Drive, the Box app, and I haven't tried OneDrive personally because I just use the web browser, but I presume Microsoft did that too since they basically supported their whole Office suite on the M1. So... There may be some development tools that still haven't optimized for the M1, but I'm sure with the launch of the M1 Pro and M1 Max that they can be further incentivized to update their apps. Another con that some of them raised was Bluetooth issues. And I thought it was like a problem with my earphones at first, but I personally experienced this where... Uh, some Bluetooth devices that are not the air that are not the AirPods would kind of fritz out, or like when I try to connect it to my MacBook, it wouldn't really connect at all. So, yeah, I think the friend of mine that raised this, uh, so the friend that brought this up, Crystal, was uh having a hard time connecting her AirPods weird to the M1 MacBook Air. Yeah, so I feel like it's not the devices themselves that have problems, so it's the laptop itself. I don't know if Apple actually acknowledged that there are Bluetooth issues with these uh, M1 Macs or if it's a problem on macOS, but I'll see if there are any updates with regard to Bluetooth issues. So there, those are some of the pros and cons that... uh, fellow users of the M1 MacBook Air have raised where we mostly agree on the performance and the battery life and there yes there are still some apps that could use some work but I think for the most part I feel like everyone who gets an M1 MacBook Air will be satisfied if you know what you're getting into of course like if you're more into heavy video editing and photo editing, I wouldn't recommend you to uh, get the M1 right away. Wait for those M1 Pro and M1 Max reviews, although they're probably up by now, and see if it works well on the use cases you're having. Let's say if it's Final Cut Pro, then you'll most likely benefit with either the either the M1 or the M1 Pro M1 Max machines. So it really boils down to your use case. Like if you're more into Adobe Premiere or DaVinci Resolve, then I highly suggest you would go for the higher M1 Pro and M1 Max uh, MacBook Pros since they have more graphics performance than the M1. Although if you're not into heavy video editing or you're just starting out and you're just, you know, doing vlogs for either social media or let's say TikTok videos for some reason you would like to edit it that way. Then the M1 uh the M1 devices should be fine, including this MacBook Air. One last thing before I end this episode regarding the the statement that Luca Maestri made about having this strong demand for the M1 MacBook Air. I actually agree with that since here in Cebu, I've asked basically the Apple the Apple resellers that uh, I go to 
And they said they keep uh, running out of stock and they have a wait list. And every time they get stock, it's either goes to the waiting list or uh, it goes to the customers that are looking for an M1 MacBook Air. So others that I know had to go through gray market or online resellers just to get that damn thing. <laughs> so it's really amazing that um, Apple's Mac line has basically revived into the default option for most people. Well, unless, of course, you live in the Philippines and you're mostly a Windows-centric uh, country because, you know, Windows is very uh, flexible with all the configurations you can use. But if you're a Mac user, then it's a great time to upgrade, especially if you haven't upgraded in years. That's it for this week's Techie Speak. I hope you enjoy me basically fanboying about the M1 MacBook Air. But it's, but to be fair, it's clearly justified based on uh, Apple's earnings. Until the next one, guys. Bye! Thanks for listening to this episode of Techie Speak, an utterly techie podcast. You can follow at UtterlyTechie on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out UtterlyTechie.com in order to discover more of the techie life through tech news, reviews, and opinions. See you next week!